Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is ActRaiser. ActRaiser was released by Enix in North America in November of 1991. That's right, just Enix. Oh, the good old days, man. The competitors. Yeah, they were rivals of Square at this time, but would eventually form a partnership in 2003. Now, this game was made by Enix, but it was actually, or I mean published by Enix, right? But it was made by the, the Quintet team, who also did, uh, you know, like, what, Terranigma, Soul Blazer... Yes. They have a couple games that are all really good. They do indeed. Now, this game came out a year earlier in Japan in December of 1990. It's uh, one of the earliest Super Nintendo releases, right? Or at least in in North America. I remember it being almost a launch title, right? It was in Japan as well, but it did take um, a full year of localization because a lot of things were changed in this game. Yeah, it has some... uh somewhat uh, controversial subject matter, I suppose. We'll get into those overtones in a minute, but uh, I'd also like to point out that poor Europe didn't get this game until some nebulous time in 1992. Oh, okay. Well, it's worth the wait, I guess. (laughs) So this game, as you said, was controversial for its religious subject matter, and in uh, Japan, it was literally God versus Satan, the game. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's referred to, you're the, the master you know, in, uh, instead of being called God here, and uh, the bad guy is the, the evil demon Tanzra. And I guess they also removed some Star of Davids. Uh, they were originally where the monsters came from. <laughs> that probably would have caused a little bit of controversy over here. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, they made our side-scrolling levels easier, but our sim or overhead levels harder. Really? Now, weren't the or the spikes instant kill in the Japanese version? I, I thought I saw that somewhere, but I don't know. I think so. Which I'm glad they changed for ours. <laughs> well, Nick, ActRaiser is a very big, complicated, and strange game in, in many ways. So it's hard to figure out the order in which we should talk about some of its topics. Um, did you find an instruction book for this game? I sure did, Eric. Um... Uh, yeah, so if you want, we can just talk about that, and you know, because it deal- mostly deals with the gameplay. So, well, why don't you give us a little bit of story? Was there any of that in the uh, in the instruction manual? Uh, yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's a good couple pages. Um, you know, start off real quick. Uh, this is an awesome instruction book. Um, since it's the first Super Nintendo game that we've covered, you know, we should say that they're about twice as tall as a normal an old NES instruction book. Yeah, it's actually book shaped. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's half of a, like, if you have a normal sheet of paper, I feel like it's about half of it, you know, uh, folded over, like... Well, uh, this makes the old books look more like booklets. Exactly, yeah, it's, and, you know, we're talking full color, a solid 39 pages, so... Nice. There's a lot in there, most of which is uh, gameplay stuff, which we're about to get to, but story-wise... Okay, so you are the master who is uh, a god, essentially. Yeah, you are basically a (laughs) Judeo-Christian god. And at some point before, uh, in a pre-story, I guess, uh, the evil demon Tanzra and his six guardians have attack you and are able to defeat you enough and wound you to where you retreat to your sky palace 
and go into essentially Odin sleep for a couple hundred years. Okay, cool. To heal up, and then that's when the game starts. As you you awaken, and you're the master. Um, your your wounds are are healed, but everyone has forgotten about you, so you don't have as much uh, power as you used to. Right, and I guess that's a great place to start talking about the gameplay and style of this game, and we'll have you sprinkle in a little bit of that instruction book along the way. Sounds good. What makes ActRaiser so unique is the fact that it is a side-scrolling 2D action-adventure game and an overhead sim game. Yeah, it's a cool blend of two different, uh, very different types of gameplay, which is uh, not very common in a lot of older games, so it's a neat, it's, it's a cool twist. And since they are such distinct uh, different forms of gameplay with their own rules and mechanics, I kind of wanted to take them uh, each separately. Absolutely. Let's start with the overhead levels. Now, you do start the game with a 2D side-scrolling level, mm-hmm. but I think the majority of actual time you spend in the game will be overhead. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's comparable to SimCity. You know, you're, you start with a, a little temple and you can uh, you basically direct your uh, worshippers around to resettle the land. Well, let's go back. You are an angel. When you are in the overhead mode, you will control an angel. Uh, I guess it's the master controlling the angel. Yeah, it's a little like cherub with a bow and arrow, and you fly around shooting enemies that attack your people. Yeah, you have uh, arrows. They uh, go all the way across the screen. Yeah, and I, I don't know how many you can have on the screen. It's not super action heavy, so... No, no. And you do have life as the angel. Same same amount as you would have in the side-scrolling levels, I think. But you don't die. No, if you run out of life, you just can't shoot arrows for a while. Yeah, so you're kind of useless in that aspect, of course. And also, you regenerate that health. When your town grows, you get life back. Is that how? I couldn't figure it out. Or whenever, yeah, if you notice, um, time goes by, you have a little uh, hourglass that rotates and lets you know, you know, every time it fills up and flips over, if you have uh, some uh, area cleared for the town to grow, then you know, that's when you'll see the little people come. You know, it's kind of cool. You to see these little mini guys running around building uh, houses and fields and whatnot. Well, we'll get into what the little guys can do here in a moment, but to finish up with our little cherub friend, when you are out there, you are protecting those little guys from different monsters and the things they have built from monsters. Yes, there are uh, monster layers. Kind of, uh, it reminds me of Gauntlet with the spawn points where you'll have these uh, different, there are four different types of monsters that can come out and attack you. Uh, the weakest ones are the Napper Bats, which kidnap your people, try to fly away with them. You can shoot them down and rescue them. They're the easiest. They only take one hit with a normal arrow. Indeed, they're more annoying than anything else. Mm-hmm. There's also the Blue Dragons. Yeah, the blue dragons are cool. They, uh, I think they're really cool looking little. Yeah, they're my favorite sprite. They're kind of all the monsters are kind of cute in this game, so it's it's a little funny. They kind of have a Pokemonish quality to them. Uh, and, and that blue dragon, it destroys houses. Yeah, it'll fly over and, and shoot a bolt of lightning down that'll burn the house. And but it doesn't seem to do it very often until your civilization has grown a bit. Yeah, and they, they take three hits to um, kill, so they're a little tougher, but again, nothing too crazy. Uh, then you'll find the Red Demon. Yeah, the Red Demon, who are the real bastards because they attack your fields and dry them up. So it sucks. Indeed. <laughs> and the only other enemy you will encounter is the Giant Skull. Yeah, or the Skull Head, as it's named, in, appropriately so, in, in the book. So <laughs> I do love an appropriately named Skull Head. 
they're um, the largest of the enemies and kind of scary looking at first. And they suck because they take like eight hits to kill. They're and if they run into you, they do a great deal of damage. Yeah, they while they will start off just kind of hanging around their monster lair, like they will come after you. They're the, by far the most aggressive of these enemies, and uh, you just gotta really lay into them as soon as they spawn, or else you can be screwed. And their uh, big attack is they will do an earthquake to the entire field, the board. Oh wow! I didn't even run up against that when I was uh, fighting them, but I... it's infrequent. I, I hope so. Well then. <laughs> I can't wait to discuss our tactics later, because I feel like we played this game in some different ways. I guess so. Now, to aid you in your quest, uh, not in just fighting those, but destroying monsters across all of the lands, mm -hmm. the villagers uh, will give you offerings. Yeah, you can pick up little items. Uh, there's uh... There are some that help you kind of quest-wise, and then there are ones that are directly uh, augmenting your cherub, your angel, and helping you in combat with it. Yeah, that you have your store, kind of story items and your uh, attack items, I guess you could say. Now, the ones that help you as the cherub are the bomb, which looks like an angel, not a bomb. Yeah, it's a little, I guess, they call it a statue when they find it, right? So that's why I always imagine it was a little angel statue. But That explodes. Yeah, I, it kills all the enemies on the screen, so it's it is very useful at times. Very nice. Uh, then you can also get your uh, bow of strength. Yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, because it greatly increases your the power of your bow. Makes for... most of the enemies one-shot kill. Yeah, and the, I think just the skulls take two, maybe three. They're whatever. It's nothing nothing at all once you power up, but it doesn't last forever. I'm not sure. How long does it? Uh... I have no clue how many turns it lasts, but I, it, it's it's great while it does. And it's, I mean, it's long enough to where by the time it runs out, you probably have destroyed most of the layers anyways. So it's, it's perfectly timed, I think, or lengthwise. In addition to your ranged combat using your bow and arrow or maybe your items, you also have magic abilities or god abilities that you can use. Miracles, you might even say. So those miracles use spell points, and those regenerate when you're in the overhead mode as well. Yeah, as your town grows, you'll you'll start respawning them, and as you you know, your population will level up your hit points and spell points. So your maximum will increase as your towns grow. So you can perform five miracles, and the cheapest one is lightning. It's the first one you're going to be using for the most part. Uh, yes, and lightning destroys bushes, uh, it destroys rocks and palm trees. Mm -hmm. And you use it to clear the land for your people to come through. Sometimes uh, you can reveal hidden monster layers, and it also kills all the monsters that you can hit in the square with it. So Yeah, it's a very nice side effect. Then you have rain. Rain, which uh, will, it turns desert areas into grasslands, as well as uh, if you have a, or marshes that are dried up, they will turn also into grasslands. And it also replenishes any fields that you have that the uh, red demon has dried up. So it's it's useful. Yeah, and it also puts out fires if they occur in a town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fires can, yeah, I forgot about that. They can, they can do some damage, man. Indeed. Next up, we have the sun power or sun rays yeah the sun um the sun shines down shines. on me yes it does and uh it'll melt snow and uh it'll dry up some marsh yep yep it dries up marshes um pretty crazy i think i said that rain did that last time but that didn't make sense so yeah i probably can't edit it out either so I, I'll, I'll stand by it enjoy that it, one that's guys. on me sorry cartridge commandos now after sun we have wind 
And the wind is exactly that. It is it is just wind. I didn't realize that it does blow all of the enemies off the board. Yeah, it's so expensive, though, that you can't really, like, use it that often. Like, it costs 80 spell points, so you probably barely even have that at the beginning. Like, no, I only used it when the story required me to. Yeah, you basically use it once. That's <laughs> that's it. But then you'll have Earthquake, the real big powerhouse, the 160-pointer. Yeah. And that causes an earthquake, which can sometimes change the land. Yeah. It, it does damage all of the enemies, and it also damages some of your citizens yeah, and if, their houses. <laughs> you have different levels of houses, and if you're not at the uh, third, the final level with stone houses, it, you know, any wooden or, or hut buildings will all be destroyed. So it can... Uh, I actually use it a lot for that purpose, but we'll get to that later. Indeed. So those little people not only give you offerings, not only are they affected by the monsters, but most importantly... They are there for you to direct to build. So you have a command where you can show the people of the town where you want them to build, what squares to move to. You guide them around your little map, uh, you know, f- probably towards the enemy layers at first. That's how you get that happening. The, the villagers will go make a sweet little circle and kind of blow it up when they seal it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I really barely understood how that worked the first time and a half that I played this for the first town in this game. It's a weird little, yeah, it takes a minute, but, uh, you know, since I, I would point out that the game manual does spend about 15 pages explaining all this, so it's it's very thorough. It has a lot of, it's a really good, like, it'll answer all your questions when, you, I really recommend you read that if you have any problems with this game, because it's, it's well, awesome. I would really recommend you read it before playing this game, if you haven't already, Commandos, <laughs> uh, because it probably would save you the restart that I went through. Mainly that when you show the villagers how where you want them to build, it's very important that your arrow is orientating in a specific direction sometimes because they will build roads that can then hinder their ability to build more houses later on. There, yeah, the the way the uh, city building stuff, there's some uh, there's some pretty weird mechanics under under the hood there that uh... too, too weird for me to really deep dive into no it's i i took i took a glance at it and basically you know you're you'll have your little squares the towns people will fill them up with houses but you can also get these either a field or, or a, a mansion or a windmill these different structures kind of that you can build and each one of those will up your population more than say a house or whatnot and when you there are other kinds of structures bridges that you learn how to build and the trick with especially the really just the first two uh cities Fillmore and Bloodpool uh is to if you guide the people in a kind of weird uh, way to avoid them from building any more bridges than you have to because you can only have x structures bridges included and if a bridge is taking up one of your an extra bridge is taking up one of your kind of slots for these structures uh-huh. it it holds your population down because they're not as good as a field or a mansion or a windmill so can you go under two bridges i uh on the first level you can get down to one but i didn't damn i didn't catch it fast enough but i know i didn't i know well blood pools where it really kills you but um you can still get to max if you uh population kind or at least max life by the end of the game even if you don't uh i messed up the first city so well (laughs) we'll see how that works out later on 
But uh, even if you barely understand what you're doing in this first area, it won't won't be held against you too much. No, and really, to be fair, all this, you know, you, you just, as your population increases, that levels you, your uh, master, your character, your avatar up to where you'll get an extra life bar and fit point every time. And that's the only real payoff, you know, for all this uh, population stuff is trying to max yourself out and get to level, I think, 17 is the max one. Yeah, now... The little people or your villagers, your followers, will continue to build until they hit a story point, or sometimes they will discover an artifact or an item in the area they went to. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, you have free reign to show them where you want to build and how you want to go. Yeah, it's kind of fun to, you you know, I don't know, you you can control the direction kind of somewhat cosmetically of your city, but it it really doesn't matter. But, you know, there's nothing you can do different, you know, like there's no real strategy other than uh, avoiding bridges, I guess. But Well, you not only have fun as a god omnipotent above the entire land, but you also get to inhabit a statue yeah i think it's 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 weird but it's an awesome little choice at the beginning of each chapter so to speak or each city your first act yeah you have two acts there's an act that you raise yes i'll raise them both brother like the roof uh so a soul some sort of orb comes down its spirit fills the statue and then you're a knight yeah it animates your knight statue like sort of thing and then you're into a sweet uh side-scrolling platforming level yeah, they are pretty straightforward. I mean, the, that mechanic is pretty straightforward. It doesn't stray much from the standard jump and sword attack. Yeah, there's about all you you can duck, um, and you can cast magic spells. Yeah, now you have a life bar in this, and that life bar gets bigger when you level up. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you level up by increasing your population in the overhead or sim levels. Yes. And there is magics that you can use. There are four magic spells you can learn. And those are given to you or found in the sim or overhead levels. They all have an X number of uses. Yeah, you'll have, I mean, you kind of have this MP stat, which is different from your SP, which you use for miracles. But uh, you start with... Three, I think? Two, yeah, three. Yeah, they look like little kind of flags. They're up by oh, your I life they bar. they were like a scroll. Or a scroll, yeah. I mean, I think an open scroll. Makes a little more sense than a flag, but... Uh... I mean, you could fly a scroll like a flag. You could. If you're a wizard. So each time you use that magical power, it erases one scroll or flag from your uh, little tally marks up there. And you can increase your starting and max MP as you find these source of magics. Yes, uh, uh, the source of life and the source of magic uh, will give you more lives at the beginning of each side-scrolling level and mm -hmm. more magic points as well. So let's talk about these spells, man. Well, first and foremost, you find the fireballs. Yeah, or the magical fire, as it's named in the manual. Okay, and those are just fireballs you shoot out left and right at the same time? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's all right. I never really used them. I, yeah, I used it once. Just, you know, you get to a boss, and I'm like, I might as well just empty this. It's a little stronger. Not that great. I've had, I found it hard to hit them with it. I only, yeah, I only used it on the manticore, but, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... The one I used the most, though, was probably the next one you get, uh, and that is the Stardust. Yeah, Magical Stardust. This is the, to me, this is the metal blade of this game because it made almost all the bosses a, oh, a, a joke, man. I, I wouldn't say all the bosses. No, no, not all of them, but I mean. Some of them, yes. And it is uh, a spell where 
stars fall from the sky yeah, at a from 45 the, degree angle. Yeah, from the top right, they head down and... They hurt stuff. Especially stationary monsters. Uh, and big ones. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll tear them up, man. And you're, we should also say that uh, another reason it's uh, great is while you're casting, you are invincible. Yeah, you are stuck in your spot, but you are invincible. So since this one kind of has a longer spawn time, you get more invincibility out of it. So that's a big reason I use Indeed. it a lot as well. <laughs> I, I, I took note of that in one of the boss fights for sure. Now, after that, you find the magic aura. Yeah, it's what it summons four orbs. Uh, they circle around you, and you can shoot them off. Yeah, I um never I used d- it. I never used. I I didn't get these last two spells until after the final town. I forgot about them, and when I was going back and scrounging for population, uh, I didn't get them that late, but later than they seemed useful. Yeah, so I just I was like, eh, I'll stick with Stardust, baby. And the final one, which is probably the most powerful, but we were too foolish to use it, <laughs> is the uh, light. Something? Something lights? Magical light. Magical light. And it is a light that comes in from the top and bottom of the screen. I think it hits everything. Yeah, it's a huge beam that starts on you and splits into two and kind of goes left and right. Okay. It's uh, it, it hits everything on the screen and it's strong, but it, it doesn't really do multiple hits as like the Stardust does. So I feel like... Well, the other thing is, is you have to equip these before you go into a level. So I would often forget to equip anything but the Stardust I already had. Yeah, that should be said that you always you can only have one at a time, so... Now, while you are battling through these side-scrolling levels, you will find what they call angel orbs, which is your standard uh, pillory statue to destroy. Magical pedestal or whatever. And inside, you find some sort of goodie to aid you on your way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find half of an apple. And that's worth a quarter of your hit points? Yes, or a full apple, which is all of your hit points. Makes sense. Uh, They're good. They keep the doctor away, or so I've been told. Well, and they fit nicely in with that biblical allegory uh yeah, uh yeah i didn't even think about that uh okay yeah that's why you're not eating meat in this one <laughs> now in addition to the apples you will find uh more bombs mm-hmm. and uh the instruction book calls them crushes so okay i don't even know if i ever found one though to be honest with you i don't recall either i just saw in the book i was like oh really i forgot those were even there yeah then you will find a, a crown sometimes which is worth a thousand points mm-hmm. and sometimes a diamond which is worth 500 points and yeah and and these are not useless points for a change yeah it's a it's a nice departure uh from standard so this did force me to play the game a little differently than i would like to but in the side scrolling levels every point you get or every 50 points you get is one more person that can live in your town. Yeah, so if you are in a level, especially ones that have a one-up or even two one-ups, you can keep getting points. And like, I, Does your score go back down when you die? No, it does not. Yeah, so you can really farm it out. To That can help your population a lot. I did that farming a few times, but not because I was trying to farm, but because I just kept dying. And then <laughs> I would be like, oh, I can get the one-up again, and so on and so forth. But I, I was real curious about if it, how big of an impact it would have on your max population, and it actually did at the end in certain cities that I guess we'll talk about then. But Okay, sounds good. But you do definitely want to try to get the highest score possible in these levels. Now, another thing that might help you do that is the Flame Sword. Yeah, so the rarest item. Uh, Do you get it more than once? No, you only find it the one time, and you basically have its effects in the last battle. But right, you know, it's it lets you shoot crescent force fields. Yeah, it's awesome. 
and everything about it is cool. And they refer to this weapon as projectiles in in the manual. So even though the icon is clearly a flaming sword. So yeah, it is weird. And then you can also get one ups, of course. I kind of mentioned it before, but mm-hmm. they're just little hearts that say one up. And then apparently you can also get um, a different form of the source of life and source of magic. Well, there's, yeah, there's, okay, they call it origin of magic in the book, where it's, you get an extra magic point, but it's only for this level. Correct. I don't know if I ever got any of those. If I did, it was one of the many times that I would break open one of those things while I was standing on it. And if I wasn't paying exact attention to all of my stats and I would not see what changed uh, to see what I got. Yeah, there's there are several of them in in the side scrolling levels, but all the ones you get in that are origins of magic, so they're temporary. Whereas the ones you get in the sim overhead levels are the permanent increases to yeah. your magic. And those are ones you definitely want to get, the ones that are permanent. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a lot of gameplay talk. Yeah, a lot of items, man. Good stuff. So all this information is very well explained in the manual. You've got flow charts and uh, lots of, you know, it really gets into detail with it. You get a full world map and it tells you what all the things do. But I wanted to point out that in the strategies section, it uh, it does tell you a little trick about destroying older houses to make for new ones that can hold more people as your guy as your things level up. So I thought it was good to point out that they did give you a heads up about that. Well, that is cool. You get a full walkthrough for all of the simulation levels. Like, it tells you everything about oh, wow. every one of them. What you're going to do, what items you can get. Like, That's a bit much, I'd say. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it also comes with an awesome poster that has some meh artwork, but on the back it has a map which tells you all the bosses and their names and shows you all the offerings you can get in every city. And, like, it really lays a lot of it bare. I see. But you really it sounds almost <laughs> too bare. You got yeah, I know, but it's shameful. Well, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about our personal history with this game. Nick, I've got to be honest with you. I know I rented this game once, mm-hmm. but I remember almost nothing about it. Okay, uh... I'm pretty sure I played the first uh, couple, the side-scrolling level, got to the overhead. Got a little confused, maybe a little bit bored. <laughs> but this was also uh, Super Nintendo On is after I started living with my stepfather and I had a lot less gaming time. Okay, okay. I feel like this was the maybe the first game I rented for Super Nintendo. It was so early and I remember seeing it on the box of the Super Nintendo. Was yeah, one of the, I can remember that as well. I was like, man, swords, I'm in. Magic, sweet, let's do this. And uh, I was just really excited to rent it and I... I think I beat it the first weekend because it's pretty follow the numbers. But I can definitely see that now. But uh, at the beginning of the week, I wasn't so sure. Well, I was kind of a SimCity veteran by this point. So I feel like, you know, it appealed to me in two levels that I, I was ready for it. Now, more recently, I have put in a lot more time into this game. I played it, I think, uh, four or five times. And each mm-hmm. time was at least an hour or, or two. I probably, yeah, I put in, I think, six different sessions of about an hour and some change. Like, I wasn't able to really, really get into it for one night because I've been working so much, but... Right. And as I said, I replayed the first simulation uh, at least once. Yeah, I, I thought about it. I already got to this... Before I did a little more research into the population mechanic, because then I was like, man, I'm going to get all my life. I want all the all the life meters by the end was my goal. And that, yeah. That I, held me back. I found that out after I had made some foolish decisions and moves in that first segment. So I went back, started over again, and worked my way through it. And I did, in fact, beat this game here, you know, about four days in. 
five days in. Yeah, it's not exactly difficult. Uh, a little more time consuming. The Sims, you know, the Sim levels you're on, you'd have to wait for the game to refresh, so you can't like speed through it in any way, you know. So I'm assuming you beat the game as well. Oh yes, yes, sir. Well, Nick, we find ourselves in the general chat portion of this game. Yes, we do. And my first note is that this game definitely takes a little while to wrap your head around. Yeah, it's it's different, man. And no other games really took this kind of dual approach in this way for these two different gameplay types. Indeed, and not since uh, Guardian Legends has there been a game with the duality <laughs> and the reliance upon both sides of the coin. What I'm trying to say is that it's very integral that you do certain things in each mode to affect the other mode. Yeah, I really like the way that they're intertwined that way because it, it makes everything you do feel important. Yeah, you have to get high scores in the side-scrolling levels, but in turn, you have to get your population up in the sim or overhead levels. Indeed you do. And not unlike Kid Icarus, which we reviewed before, this game does seem to get easier as you go along. Yeah, especially in the sim levels, the most demanding ones in your biggest towns are the first two, where that's where you can make the bridge-based mistakes that will can limit your population growth later in the game. Yes. Now, another thing that I find so interesting in this game is that this game is another, what I find hilarious, Japanese appropriation of Christianity or <laughs> religion in general. Yeah, you've got, I mean, you know... So obvious Christian imagery, uh, like you said, they had the Stars of David as the monster layers in, in Japan, as well as you get some minotaurs or mythological creatures and uh, even Hindu stuff with uh, Kalia well, later on Well, that's the other the thing that I wanted to talk about. What I always find so funny is that Japan treats all religions, even modern ones that other people are actively uh, worshipping under, the same way we treat the Greek gods <laughs> or Greek religion. Yeah. It's just like a uh, exciting thing that we can pull stories from or icons from and make up our own story with the same images or characters. Yeah, it's funny, but I like it though. It's a it's a neat a neat take. And as you said, it doesn't it doesn't end with Christianity. Uh, many of the bosses in this game are pulled straight from either modern or ancient religions as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, w we also should say right away that uh, this game, you know, early Super Nintendo game had pretty awesome graphics and the music like really blew me away because it's like oh. orchestral i had never heard this coming out of a game console before like it still sounds great yeah and uh for its time you know in 91 it was mind-blowing to me yeah these do sound like fully orchestrated pieces and in fact there was one part in the game that i don't know if you caught as uh distinctly as i did where i, I definitely thought I, I recognized the music as being from some other property or franchise now that you say that i do remember that but i don't remember what it was do you have a was it this dun, 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 dun. <laughs> act razor from fox i thought star wars was gonna start yeah i, I totally yeah that that really struck me too i i, I forgot to write a note about it it's hilarious I guess they just got away with it. but <laughs> Well, it was missing that third beat. I guess that's all you need to mm. clear the copyright realm. But mm -hmm. as we've seen in other uh, games like Earthbound or whatnot, yeah. the Hollywood machine did not have its eye on the smaller Japanese games coming out. 
It did not. Well, Nick, I think it's that time. Uh Uh-oh. It's time to go level by level. I don't have a good sound effect. (laughs) Well, the very first thing you do after you've put in your name, the name of your god, yourself, mm-hmm. is you are thrown into a side-scrolling 2D level. Well, you start in the Sky Palace, right? And you choose. Yes. That's where you can choose. You can go from town to town if you want, but there are none la- right now yet. So Correct. And you start in the town of Fillmore. Mm-hmm. You zoom down over, uh, you, you kind of, you get a sweet mode seven yeah. scrolling, twirling effect into a, it looks like a Stonehenge kind of thing. All seven modes are being pushed to their limits Ooh, in that spin baby. down. And yeah, you find yourself in a foresty land. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, one of my two favorite songs in the game. Um, I really like the background music, really adventury and awesome. Yeah. And what we didn't mention is that before you can do anything with your villagers before they come to the area, before you have a temple for them to start at, you have to clear the land of monsters, which is always the act one, the side scrolling level that begins each town. Yeah. There's the, you have that kind of rhythm where it's like you kill the monsters, then you do a sim section. And then eventually that will reveal where you can do the final uh, purging of monsters. The second act in act two. And then you'll fight the boss at the end of it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So here in Act 1 of Fillmore, you'll find yourself in a forest, a yeah. dark and ominous forest. Ooh, yes. Um, you get to fight some goblins and birds and baboons. And... The birds aren't too horrible. No, uh, no, sir. They they are not like Ninja Gaiden birds or almost any other birds. Like They're, they're manageable. I like that. Yeah, uh, those ape guys are kind of creepy. They are weird. Um, you, um, and you have these neat little zipline logs things you can kind of glide down from platform or branch to branch yeah there are a few secretish areas i really use the hardest of air quotes around secret yeah because you really just have to jump to the highest part of each tree to find them yes there are these weird tree dancing tree elementals that you can jump on and ride over spikes and you can use them to get to certain branches and areas as well but halfway through the level you fight the tree man Oh, yeah, the, yeah, which is a cool-looking tree guy, man. Yeah, I really liked him. I just, he wasn't hard and no. didn't didn't do much. You, you jump up and chop off his head, essentially. Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get through him, and you fight all those things. You dig your zip lines or whatever you need to do. And then you find your first uh, mini-boss or boss, and that is the centaur. Yes, the centaur. That is his full name, according to the, the poster. So Oh, great. Uh, he is a centaur, and but he is a wearing full plate mail. Yeah, he's got a lance. On the human, he human look, side. Yeah, he looks awesome. He does, but he isn't that hard once you get his pattern down. Nah, he's just got, you know, when he holds his his lance up, he can shoot lightning out of it close by him. Yeah. And then he'll lower it and charge at you, and you can duck underneath it and chop him in his horse legs. Uh, you can always get, like, three hits on him when he does the poke out if you duck underneath in the right time. Yeah, I, I was able to just wait at the far left by the cliff and just duck, and he just kept running up to me, and I just kept cutting him. It was really, really easy. Cool. Well, <laughs> hopefully you got a lot of points doing it, because when you're done, boom, you're out into the sim world. You can choose to visit your area now, and it is full of monsters. Yes, um, you will see, I think, just napper bats and uh, blue dragons here. Uh, yes, and really, you know, the villagers ask you to destroy some bushes, and... uh 
lightning some rocks. That's what you do. Now, I, um, starting here, what I would always do is just, before I even built anything, I would go around and just lightning everything I had to so I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't figure that out yet. Okay. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> how I started doing things as time went on. In fact, I think I got even lazier than you at some point here. Oh. But one thing we're not going to talk about as much are the little scenes or the questions or yeah you have a um you can um listen to the people where it gets to this little screen where you can you can see the two you know when you build your town you you i create i don't know these two people that are like the leaders these two lightning bolts strike in front of the temple and then two people come out of them and they're the ones who are talking to you when you go to the temples so you get to see them and they they tell you some pretty cool kind of quirky stuff that uh yeah, the stories in this game are not in any way, shape, or form your normal RPG stories. And they're so fun and quirky that, to me, that's the true magic or spirit of this game. And I don't really want to ruin the best parts of that for anyone. Right, right. It's uh, it's a cool little... You should save it for yourself. Check it out. It's easy. It is. So they will tell you some things. They'll direct you. And you will do your best to fill this town up with people. At some point after destroying the monster uh, spawners, Mm -hmm. then you will be faced with their ultimatum and you will have to go fight the final boss Mm -hmm. in Act 2. Yeah, there's, I think in this one, was it a big hole? Yes. You go down? Uh, And Act 2 is a little bit harder than the first. Mm -hmm. Although we should say that you will get your first magic spell in Fillmore and you'll get the magical fire. Right. So you should have that before you come to this level. Remember to equip it. Yeah, and not that it's that necessary, but... Oh, not at all with this boss, but (laughs) we'll get to him. Um, You know, you just rush past a lot of projectile things. Mm -hmm. You're in a kind of a... You start off in a cavern that leads you to a castle, which I really like this level. Um, And and we should mention the Act 2 levels are almost always much longer than the Act 1s. Yes, and a little bit harder as well. And this one actually um, is cool because it has has split paths at one point. Some of them do, and that is fun because you always kind of wonder are there more points on that other path or should i die and then take the other path yeah. well in this case you can take uh there's like the upper path will get you two crowns the lower path is one crown and a one up so choose mm. your poison but one ups are also worth points or if men are worth points at the end of a level mm, that's true so yeah. there's always so much math going on that i didn't really like purposely ever die to get more points i was just bad enough to <sighs> die a lot to get more points well i i really will say that i wasn't i was like i'm not messing with the score thing i'm just going to focus on the sim levels for my population right. so i i didn't really oh i did i crawled through <laughs> these levels here especially in the beginning i got a little free and loose towards the end but here in Fillmore, I am making sure I kill every single enemy that is on the screen everywhere. And they are not hard, so it's it's not that big of a task. No, and once you have made it through those guys, there is a mini boss, if you want to call it that. It's like a little skeleton guy. He only yeah. takes three hits. Yeah. You know, you take him out, then you climb up a kind of a towery area. Yeah, a huge jumping left and right, you know, you're jumping up this huge shaft to the top and, uh, and you know, your jump isn't the greatest in this game. So this part mm, a little you know, frustrating sometimes. Yeah, it's it reminds me it's a little more uh, maneuverable than a Castlevania jump and that you can halt yourself midway, but, but you still have a pretty sh- shallow arc. Yeah, you're not jumping like Mario or anything like that. God no. <laughs> and uh, at the top of this area, though, you've jumped and jumped, and you find yourself a minotaur. Or minotaurus. Or minotaurus. 
Does he drive a Taurus? I, I hope so, because it's a fine vehicle. Well, he jumps in, and he's ready to kick some butt. Yeah, it's a really big, it's a really good-looking boss. He's a big, dark blue Minotaur with a I've always been a fan axe. of Minotaurs, so it, I like him a lot. Yeah, but he is not a very tough boss. He is, <laughs> if you don't know the pattern. Uh, he can do some damage, especially because early on, you don't have a lot of life. That's true, that's true. But all you have to do is once he lands, you run so he doesn't land on you. You jump over that axe attack he does right away. Mm -hmm. And you want to jump over it back towards him because then he kind of just stands around for a moment. You can get like two, maybe three hits off on him before he jumps back into the air. Mm. See, I did the strategy of just standing in front of him and attacking the whole time. And he just kept jumping up and landing on the other side. And I would just slash him over there. And while he did hit me, I... I was doing more damage to him and was able to kill him. Really, it was it was just, <laughs> I barely even jumped, man. I see. I, but I did piddle around as long as I could to get as much life. Like, I probably, I think I was at least level four before I went in there. So that's an extra four, maybe five bars, I think. But Well, I'm going to pretend like I didn't have any of that life, and that's why I did what I did. <laughs> well, if you do defeat him, either just by standing still and just beating the holy crap out of him, or by jumping around like a nimble swordsman, <laughs> you uh, will defeat him, and you're treated to a couple more scenes there in Fillmore. And uh, after you defeat the boss, that's when your village can do its second bloom of population. Yeah, it's always worth hanging around for a little while to see if there's any more... Uh things you can do to you know milk it out get as many people as you can i found that i would spend at least another like three or four minutes where i just sat there and let the screen go at it time sure, to read an sure. article on my phone or whatnot well and you can check in your uh in one of the menus there's you can check the status of your master or the status of the people and it'll tell you each town how many people you've got and it's growing it's growth speed so if or it if ever, it's maxed out yeah, if it's once it says max, that's you know it's time to stop watching it because you're not growing anymore. Now, I gotta say that as a kid, I'm pretty sure I would have been really bored by some of these waiting times. Yeah, I I always I used to and still do get a little pleasure out of watching, you know, every time that hourglass turns and then you get five or six little citizens come running out and I'm like, Oh, where are they going? That where is are nice. they building? The citizens, the tiny little people, they do run out and they do go exactly to where they would work on something and they're the ones building it. So you do get that fun little uh experience of watching them run around. So it gives you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But Once my <laughs> my modern brain is just too whatever. You really are just watching the gameplay itself sometimes and you know it's not that exciting. Well, once it's caught up, though, and you have the max population you can, you find yourself back in your uh, palace ship. What is it again? The Sky Palace. Your Sky Palace. So you can, whenever you want, go back to the Sky Palace, and then you can drive it around. Mm -hmm. Now, right away from here, can you go to any of the towns? I don't... You can. I mean, you can fly over them, but I'm not... I never really tried to sequence break them, but I don't think that you can. Oh, but I don't you know can why. after the second one. Oh, really? Because I sequence broke every one of them. Oh, really? Well, we'll get there. Okay. After Fillmore, you fly over and find yourself in Bloodpool. Mm-hmm. It's not to be confused with Deadpool or Bloodhaven. <laughs> and it is a uh, swampy marsh. Yeah, with a big red lake. Yes, that is the Blood Pool, I'm guessing. Another appropriate name. Now, it's Act 1 is a uh, short kind of kind of dangerous yeah it's you you're in you have platforms that you can see the 
purplish uh, blood pool in the background. and You're jumping across a lot of logs, falling logs, falling platforms. You have like little scaffolds and stuff that you're kind of, you're populated by, you know, more goblins and these little, I don't know, rock or rock throwing gnome people. They're yeah. bastards. I don't like them. And it's pretty short level. And at the end you fight, um, well, I'm confused as to what it was. It's it's a manticore is what it's named, but it looks like a chimera. But yeah, I thought it was a manticore, but due to the nature of this level, I thought it might also be trying to portray a sphinx. Oh, that's true. It does look like a sphinx as well, um, but it has wings. Mm, I'm know. not sure where wings fit on a sphinx, but mm-hmm. so the manticore is uh he's really easy. I thought this this was the boss in the whole game that I had the most trouble with. I died a few times from falling in the pit like a Oh, like I'm a just fool. kidding. He is real easy. That pit can kill you. Yeah, it's like you have two uh, sh- scaffolds on either side. You know, there are three levels high apiece, and he'll jump out of the water and land on, usually starting on the bottom, and he hops up each floor, shooting a fireball at each one, crosses over, goes down the other side, and, and repeat. I just stood in the middle. I would dodge his fireball and then hit him and get hit by him as he jumped across. Yeah, I, I would just try to jump. Like, when I would see him coming down, it was like I would jump over to be one one level below him, hack him a couple times, and then he'll usually jump to the other side. And I just really played it safe because I, whenever I would try to really speed through, I kept getting hit and knocked into the pit. So Yeah. If you get through that part, uh, you find yourself in the first simulation portion of Blood Pool. Mm-hmm. And you got to dry some marshes. You're using some of those magical powers, your mm-hmm. miracles. Yep, yep. There are, uh, what, a red monster in this one? The yeah. red demon? Red demon makes his first appearance. And, and his thing's hidden, so good luck finding it or just watch the screen. Yeah, it's not hard to <laughs> discover, but once you do, you eventually will get this uh, item, the magic skull, that you can use to destroy it because it's on the other side of the lake and your people can't really get there. So That's true. And when you blow that up, it fixes the lake. Cool, but there's more troubles, and now you got to get into Act 2. But this time, you're going in with Magical Stardust because fixing the lake gives you that. Yeah, and that Magical Stardust is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Act 2 is lots of spikes and elevators. Yeah, you're in a in a castle with uh, the lifts going up and down that you have to ride, and it's eh, a little bit tricky at points if you want to get the, I think there's, a, what is that, a one-up at the bottom of one of the shafts? Yeah, yeah. It definitely tries to goad you into making some jumps that are a little tricky for your guy. <laughs> but not impossible, so there's a lot of statues in this level, yeah, too. Yeah, those gargoyles are annoying. They shoot fire at you at a really weird interval. And you can't you can't crouch underneath it, uh, so you just have to. I just ran up to them and tried to kill them as fast as I could. In fact, with a lot of the things that uh, have projectiles in this game, your best bet is to run up on them and hit them hard right away. Mm-hmm. There's also some uh, vanishing platforms. Always a bonus. Everyone loves those. And then you find yourself at the boss, which what is this guy? Ah, my favorite boss. I forgot all about this guy. I was obsessed with him, and like uh, when I was eleven or twelve, his name is Zeppelin Wolf, which I, I'm like. I can see why. It's kind of a double reference. Zeppelin, Steppenwolf, maybe. Um, he's a he's a, a wizard that I just, I just thought it was so cool looking. So I would make a lot of D and D guys where I was like, this guy looks like Zeppelin Wolf with this cool cloak and uh, whatever. I'm lame, but well, he he's a, a wizard or a magician, and he shoots fireballs at you with a standard three fireballs. 
three angles. Yeah, kind of a spread and Dracula-ish, if you if you would like to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And he'll also, if he, uh, he he teleports around these different platforms in his room, and he will also shoot a lightning bolt that will come out in three frames, sort of as it travels yeah, across directly the floor. in front of him, right under him, and then directly to the side of him. So yeah, usually I just avoid the fireballs when he does. Wait for him to do a, a lightning spell, and then run up, slash him a couple times after he misses. But once he's almost dead, mm-hmm. the wolf comes out. That's right. He's a wizard wolf man. I, I thought that was so cool. It is pretty cool. He does a little transformation scene, and then he's just uh, a, a werewolf that runs back and forth trying to claw you. Uh, yeah, and I mean, not even on purpose. Just I was standing in front of him while he was transforming, and then he did this little slow walk towards me and jump. You know, he'll jump over you, hit the wall, and jump back over you, and by the time he landed, he was dead. I was just able to hack him to bits Nice right I away. Like Yeah, <laughs> I just stood there and, and took a hit while I hit him. I, I was going to blast him with Stardust, but I didn't even get to that point. So I, I got lucky, I guess. Luck not needed, because he's not too hard of a boss. And mm-hmm. once he's kaput, you move yourself on to Cassandora. Yes, Cassandora, the desert town area. Yeah, your standard desert mm-hmm. zone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the level, the first level is uh, a desert level, standard with your quicksand, your... Yeah, you get some neat kind of... Uh, stone tower buildings in the middle that are over these pits they're kind of on pillars and you can jump up there's some secret items on top and and even below i think there's a one up down that looks like you would have to die but a secret platform oh those secret platforms and it's all super linear and at the end of it you find yourself a big old sandworm mm-hmm. um it's named dagoba or I, maybe Dagoba. It's spelled D-A-G-O-B-A, so it's pretty close. Like mm. I don't know if that's another Star Wars ref, but... Uh, and I found this to be pretty darn easy as well. I just stood there and stardusted him. Not that you really yeah. need to. <laughs> I, I was... Uh, I don't know why I didn't stardust him, but uh, yeah, if you, if you don't want to use your magic for some unknown reason, because it does mm. refill, uh, you can jump over his claw when it gets close and then just stand there and hack away at the main piece of him. Yeah, yeah, because he's in the bottom of a kind of a, a pit that yeah. you, of sand that you're kind of, you know, flowing You're falling down, down in it, but it's not that much trouble. No, the claw a, does one damage. Yeah, Meh. it'll hit you. You can hit it so many more times in between each swipe, so it's easy. It is. And then you find yourself in the uh, the sim portion of Cassandora. And first and foremost, you've got to destroy a desert. Yeah, you got to bring out the rain. Make and it rain. you got to literally terraform this entire platform and this is where i realized that yes you should do all of your magical weathering before your guys are out there yeah i'll do if if i don't just do the whole thing i'll just like i'll make paths to all of the monster layers and get that going as soon as i can because it doesn't matter if you lose all your life no especially when you're doing this and then i realized it, it doesn't even matter if you lose all your life when you're sending guys out to get the uh monster spawners sealed up yeah and i mean honestly like i barely used any of my bombs or angel strengths like if exactly you... because once i realized that it did not matter if i fought these monsters and all you got to do is just go to your people into building roads to the monster spawners yeah it's uh it's pretty pretty self or pretty easy you know yeah I do want to give a warning here because after I took out all of the monster um, layers, I was, uh, you know, at one point you're looking for a lost wandering person in the desert and you can see one little guy out, out by themselves. And yeah, so I was like, you know what? 
I'm not going to start the sequence of events. I'm just going to fill up this whole thing with the city before I do it. So I left this one patch of, of desert with this poor guy out there while I built this entire huge city around him. And by the time I did, finally, you know, I'd already discovered, you know, all the other pyramid and stuff. Right. I, I rained on that uh, desert and went and built a road there, and he just laid there in the road. People walk right by him like nothing. I didn't get any of the items or store. Like I seriously screwed it up. So I went back and restarted this level because like this guy was just there and I couldn't get like there's a, a magic uh, MP up and some other story stuff. So just a word from the wise. No spoilers. Don't ignore the wandering guy. Save his butt. You're supposed to be the good guy. So don't ignore this poor fella. Don't. Well, if you don't ignore him and you get all the things you're supposed to and you reveal the story points in order. You will find yourself uh, in Act 2, the crazy pyramid, because you've discovered a pyramid in this land. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else would you find in the desert? Yeah, well, true. Uh, inside the pyramid is an awesome level. It's yeah, really uh-huh. cool, it's really well laid out, and it's really pyramid-y. Yeah, you get some uh, you get sweet mummies, you get these uh, Horus horses monsters? yeah like no. the bird pharaoh creatures they're yeah. awesome yep yeah. they got swords and then i mean little... they're awesome to look at they kind of suck to fight yeah they're i mean i can't i never could dodge their second attack i i mean i was willing to just take a hit yeah most of the time because um you know you, you while you do find a lot of like arrow traps and stuff in this uh you know there's some spikes and things in the pyramid it's 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 just a single you know there's no split paths or anything to explore no it's a path around and down it's like a spiral into the center where you will find the boss now one thing that we must note i think we were both uh, ready to take a few hits because if you die at the boss you start over usually right before it mhm and there's usually there's no penalty for continuing or anything like it's pretty uh, generous in that way Indeed. So the boss of this level is the Pharaoh, or does it have a different name? No, it's it's called Pharaoh, but it's spelled P-H-A-R-A-O, so it is spelled incorrectly. Interesting. And it is a giant Pharaoh head. Yeah, it flies above you and tries to stomp you. It is the of. easiest, easiest boss of the game. Absolutely. Uh, Stardust all the way. Blast him. I mean, he will shoot a few of these little beams that will fly down and hit the wall and make a little... Um, you know, arrow trap head come out and spit an arrow at you. Oh, it will. I forgot. Yeah, I mean, I think I got hit by those twice, but maybe I mean Stardust and just beating it was gone so yeah, quick. Yeah, you're invincible while you're casting it, so you just keep, you know watch his life disappear. Yeah, and after that epic beatdown against um, an ancient religious figure, mm-hmm. you find yourself floating over to a new, a new land, the land, the land of Itos. Yeah, a mountainy level. A volcano-y level. Mm-hmm. And when you start yourself in Act 1, that's when uh, you find yourself in a little bit of jungle. Yeah, like a bamboo forest kind of And thing. then into the mountain. And this is another point where the levels in this game, the side-scrolling ones, really do have a lot of a very good sense of movement, as if you're going through different areas or town places. Yeah, it really, I mean... Um... You know, you go from the bamboo forest and you hop on this little kind of bird chariot and you take that across a canyon. Yeah, these friendly birds help you out and they're they're way friendlier than I thought. I thought it would be like a puzzly part or like a hard part to control. No, no. you just self scroll. I mean, I 
kind of absorbed a lot of hits. This was, uh, you, you know, I was willing to just take it. You, you some people throw things at you, but duck and duck and attack. That pretty much kills everything. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool because uh, you know you go up the mountain, you find yourself in a volcano, then a waterfall. Um, it's pretty cool. You get to, uh, and eventually you'll find this is where you get the flame sword. It is, but before there, I'd like to talk about one of my least favorite creatures in the game, the rock hand. Oh, yeah? I could not escape their rocks. Yeah, they... I could only kill... If I, if I could kill them with the rock in their hand, I was safe. If they threw a rock, I was getting hit by that rock, no matter what. This level I was very... I, t- I took a lot of hits here. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Well, hopefully you didn't take too many hits. Or if you did, like me, you get to the boss... You only need one hit, as long as you have a couple extra lives. Well, the boss is... Uh pretty easy because you have your flame sword and then you're on the big you know it spawns you into like a waterfall screen this boss was not easy for me really this boss is the serpent or dragon or what is it aquatic dragon the aquatic dragon the problem with the aquatic dragon is there is no floor underneath it you know there you can die from the the pit deaths at the bottom and i did i think two or three times well there are quite a few ledges there but in general like if you i always just stay in the center that's of, what i found out of, yeah yeah the one you start on and just like i just blast away and eventually he'll run into some of your your crescent force fields that you're and shooting he will swoop through you at one point but don't don't try to jump away just stand there and and beat it beat it down or just take the hit. Like, if you jump, you can get knocked off and die. But if you're in the middle, you usually have enough room to get hit back and you'll be yeah. okay. Because I think only his head hits you. His body does not. No. And really, that's kind of a rule I learned a lot in this game is that when in doubt, just take a hit. Mm-hmm. You're probably better off than trying to avoid whatever it is that you're trying to avoid. And hopefully it's not the attacks of this dragon. <laughs> now, you defeat this dragon and uh, Nick does it. Easy as pie. I lose a few lives. It's all right. Afterwards, though, you get your first sim portion of Itos, where you find the dreaded skull. Yeah, the first uh, skull head lair. Uh, it it kind of freaked me out because I forgot about them. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, business time. Indeed. And that guess that's where we differ. I would try to leave that skull around after I had destroyed his lair, and I would let him earthquake all of my poor houses away. All right. Okay, well, Leah, let's touch on that real quick because we kind of glossed over it, but you every time you start building, you'll start with like these huts that then turn into these kind of crappy houses. I think it's the more monster spawners that you destroy, the better your civilization becomes. Yeah, you have three levels of it and it's generally after each one you know, your first monster layer will usually bump you up to the next level and so forth. So once you get to the top level, it really behooves you to destroy all your old buildings and let the people rebuild with the new ones. So Yeah, because they can hold more people. Yeah, and if you just use Earthquake, it'll destroy all the old buildings. And it's, uh, you know, your population will temporarily go down, but then... Because it will... you murdered hundreds of people. Well, you work in mysterious ways, man. You do. And um, so does that skull. This is where I really started... Uh, using my strength of angels and bombs to just get rid of them while I was waiting for the, you know, the guys to close the skull portal. And I really wish I would have done it more in certain levels where you get so many that by the end, I'm like, man, I didn't use these anywhere. I kept saving them for no reason. Like just blast through them if you got them. And then if you do blast through them, you get your city built up a little bit. You can move on to act two. Mm -hmm. But if you're me, you found act two to be a little hard. Okay, well, I just... And then you realized, maybe I could just fly over to the next city. And you can. And you can and go you, to North Wall, or... 
Oh no, I did um or Marana. Marana next, then Northwall. In fact, I had done this one actually. So starting with the previous level, I would do act one, build up my town, then go to the next place, do its act one, build up its town, mm. and then go to the next place. Because the act one is always way easier. Yeah, and that, that way you can get all your life. And then I had all the life, so by the time I went back and did act two of mm. one of the earlier cities, it was a lot easier because my health was way up and I had like five or six uh, spells. Nice, yeah, I never thought about it. That's a good good call, man. Well, one uh, one funny thing about this uh, sim level, though, is that at the end, the um, the impetus for you to defeat the monster is that it's living in a volcano that is erupting and shooting fire out. Yeah, I wasn't done building my city, so... No, neither was I. (laughs) I just let it go, and the the fireballs are are cascading down all over your village, but it does nothing, so... Yeah, it doesn't catch anything on fire, and they will still build in the spaces that have fireballs landing on them. Those are hardy people, man. Uh, They are. They are. They would do anything for you, Nick. They made me proud. Well, hopefully they made you so proud that you did decide to finally venture into the volcano to fight its boss. Yes, sir. And you do go into the volcano. Lots of uh, lots of lava. Yes, yeah, mostly lava and those weird um, like cloud of eyes, eye cloud things. Indeed. And so at this point, I had lots of health, so I didn't really have a, a hard time getting through this level. Mm-hmm. Um, the cloud of eyes things, I found them really easy. Yeah, you just yeah, they're just be not patient. Hard. Yeah, just swipe them once and then wait for them to fly at you and kill them. Yeah, I guess if you ran into them, they would be deadly, but. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Oh, the other part that uh, bothered me a little bit in this level was the archers and mm, yeah. the uh, oh, and the fire eyes that would explode. Oh, right. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, they they can. It's just a war of attrition in a lot of ways. At yeah, this point, I would always take like one hit and then get in close enough to destroy both those things. Move on a little bit, hoping there was an apple, half apple towards the end. But you know, even if you don't have them, it's not going to be too rough. Because you'll find yourself at the boss of this act, and it is bizarre. It is. It's also, in my humble opinion, one of the stupidest bosses I've ever seen. I, th- I really think it's it's dumb looking. It's a weird, like, cyclops head with a fire wheel around it, and it just rolls around. It really bothers me. I think it's lazy and dumb. Well, what world mm. religion were they trying to uh, ape in this series I, of I, levels? I have no idea. What ties, a, what ties a fire wheel and a serpent together? I, uh, well, Cartridge Commandos, if any of you have a major in religion, history, or studies, let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, just wait for that thing to turn around in the corner and beat the crap out of it, or wait for it to jump into the middle and shoot out its little balls. And it just zooms back and forth. I just, again, magical stardust. This thing, it'll really tear him up, especially if he's on the right side of the screen. Usually, like, two uses will kill him. So I, I'm punked out again. If you stand on the middle platform, uh, vertically middle platform, while he is in the middle of the screen, you can just stand there and hit away without making any other movements. Chop him up. Just chop him up the whole time. Nice. In case you've already used all your magical stardust. <laughs> or, like me, just kind of forget you have it a lot of the I, time. <laughs> Either way, you destroy this evil wheel of fire, and you can move on to the island of Marana. Yeah, jungle time, uh, the first act and, one. And ruins. Yeah, yeah. No, act one, you got kind of a jungle fort. Uh, you're in the, you know, jungly area. There's mist on the ground. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that mist is cool to walk through. Yeah, and uh, there's not a whole... It's a pretty short level, really. Uh, There's those weird blue and red, like, 
columny rod creatures. Yeah, those like rock totem that they like spin around and jump at you they're the ones that jump weird. are kind of annoying but you know there's only like six of them in the whole level yeah so yeah you make your way through all of those guys and then you get to your uh first little little boss fight there yeah, with the uh, rafflasher oh i wrote flower thing yeah like it's more appropriate i think than rafflasher and it is um a wall of plants and flower a flower face that that's that you attack mm-hmm. and then it has um a plant tentacle that yeah. comes up and chases you kind of like back and forth across the, the board. Yeah, it follows you around while it shoots these other kind of little like root root seed things that float in the air and make obstacles. But yeah. generally, you know, there are two platforms on the floor. This, you know, and this screen actually is like two screens wide. So you can move back and forth. And I always just ran to the left one, let the tentacle follow me over. Because yep. then you can jump over it, get back, take a couple shots at the heart, or I'm sorry, flower head, and then... Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And repeat, because this is one boss where Stardust doesn't do jack. It sucks here. It's protected by itself. Yeah, so it just doesn't work. Um, But uh, even so, still pretty easy. Well, if you can defeat the giant flower, you will find yourself in the sim portion of Marana. And uh, it's probably the most uh, bizarre. Not in terms of what happens, but in what it just expects you to know what to do. (laughs) Uh, There's like a part where, you know, you have to destroy one piece of land with a lightning bolt that never gives you any indication if you want to get one of like the best items, things in the game. Oh, yeah. No, I see. I didn't get this till well after, you know, I was ready to go to Deathheim when I was like, man, I'm going to go back and try to squeeze some more people out. And I realized I'd forgotten a bunch of stuff. But, you know, there is uh, there's an island up there that you want to destroy. There's one tree you know, one one little square that's got like an extra tree. It doesn't quite fit the pattern. So right, even though trees aren't normally destroyed by lightning, that's another. No, not these ones. Yeah, it's weird. Anyways, you know, the theme has been that every single one of these lands has required you to use one of your miracles to change it. Mm-hmm. This one is no different. You are forced to use your most powerful here, the earthquake. Yeah, it'll, it'll bring. Uh, it connects two two lands together. Mm-hmm. And when it does. You find yourself in Act 2 of Marana, the temple of the annoying bird things. <laughs> this has actually got some of the most annoying enemies in the whole game in it, I think. I, I agree. You do have another You have another split path here? Yes, and I took both due to dying. Uh, if you take the right, there's a free man. Mm. But the path is so fraught with things that hurt me, I was almost dead by the end of it. It's not worth it. Well, here's the thing. The other one if you die you- at the boss of this level you go back to the beginning of this part of the level oh right so you can get yeah there's two one-ups on this level actually right you, yeah so now if you take the left side there is a full apple oh right okay which i pretty much needed to but since there are two one-ups if you keep doing it this isn't one of the few areas where you can kind of like milk it for lives if you wanted to i guess but for the, no the islands are small so you can't have a lot of people on them anyways yeah now, one thing we haven't mentioned is that there are time limits in each of these side-scrolling levels. Did you ever run... Do you run out, or does it just give you points for how fast you are? You can run out. Okay, I never... I mean, I think. I got I got down to, like, 10 seconds once. Okay. I mean, I was getting close because I was going so slow trying to make sure I got everything to get my points up. Oh, right on. So I was pushing it at some points, and you do, I think, get, like, a music change. Okay. Maybe yeah. a speed up. I mean, something happened that made me realize, oh, crap, I'm running out of time. Oh, I and never I booked ran, it. I never ran up to it. So. Now, every time you enter a door, go through a doorway or get to the boss, the timer resets. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not very, like, hard. It's just if you're really goofing around trying to kill every single thing, 
you can run into that time limit. I doubt you'll run into it here. And uh, if you don't, you will find yourself at the big boss, which is what? Uh, Kalia. That's what they call it, huh? Yeah, I guess. It's a big, uh, you know, Hindu-looking kind of multi-armed, cobra-headed uh, creature. Yeah, it looks like it's, you know, like they were like, oh, check out these three or four uh, Hindu gods. Let's make them one god. Yeah, combine you them all. You can up. find them. And uh, it's kind of like fighting the pharaoh, but harder. Yeah, it's. I mean, it floats in the center of the screen, and it'll shoot these electro kind of energy bolts down at you that will travel along the floor. But your good friend, Captain Stardust. Oh, yeah. Definitely takes this guy down a peg or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when you run under him, he will do like a slam to the ground, get a few chops off there, and this guy's gone. Yeah, yeah. And we should, the the ceiling is lined with spikes, and there are also these like platforms that if you walk under them, they will drop, and uh, can they have spikes on the bottom as well. But And you can ride them up. If you just get on top of one of those and crouch, you won't hit the ceiling spikes, and then you can just wait for him to drop it, jump back on, slash him twice on your way up. That's, you know, if you're out of magic, that's how you can do it, but I wasn't, so I just used the Stardust. Well, once you've Stardusted him into oblivion, you can move your flying palace along to a new area. Now, does this area not open up until Marana is defeated? I'm not sure because, I, like I said, I didn't try to sequence break here. So Well, I didn't even notice that it had happened until I realized I had no more places to go. <laughs> well, it is just all white up there. so Indeed. And up there, above all the places you've already been, is now North Wall. You fly your palace there. You drop your spirit into the night of the master. <laughs> and you begin Act 1. Yes, sir. You're up on uh, some snowy slopes and mountainy area, as you would imagine, up in the Arctic. You have a lot of ice spikes mm-hmm. that fall on you no or fun. are sticking out of the ground. And yeah, you're just mostly in the snow. You go into a cavern. I think yeah, you can find there's another level with two one up, so you can get some points there. Excellent. And, you know, you should maybe a little bit because this is a bigger area to build in than you had before. Mm-hmm. Um, you get through all of that, and you find yourself at the boss, uh, which I have noted as, WTF is this? This is the merman fly, whatever that Well, oh, that makes as much sense as I would expect. It's a weird little uh, boss, because he doesn't, he's just like an upper body, right? There's yeah, no there legs. is no bottom half of this thing. It's gross. It is just one of the many weird things about this boss. It flies around, there's water at the bottom of it's the... It's got wings. Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, you, it shoots these like purple energy blast things at you and swoops yeah. at you. And it swoops in the exact same pattern every time. This is, uh, for me, another Stardust special, so... Well, then you'll be in the sim portion of North Wall, which has you thawing a lot of ice. Yeah, you're melting snow, and, and that's about it. Well, yeah. there are a lot of monsters in this one. Yeah, you know, go for... There I are was, two skulls. Yeah, go for the skulls right away, try to get those... Um, this is where I actually used bombs and strength of arrows to help me. And made I, it... did, I did. I uh, did. I was like, well, I've got a thousand to use, so my inventory is full. I might as well use a couple. <laughs> well, and like if you're ever worried about these skulls, you can just use lightning. It's only 10 MP or SP and it'll, you know, it'll kill them in one shot. So that helps. But I didn't really need to. This is probably the easiest, simplest of the sim portions, I think. Well, yeah, just because of you know what you said and the fact that you've done it to death now you've got it down you know exactly what to do and what you're going to do well and it's a, it's one of the smallest areas so you and just, a perfect square yeah just thaw it out and you're done well you're done until you get to act two and act two it's kind of hard 
Yeah, hardest level in the game, I think. I would agree. I would agree. This was the first one I was really like, man, I had to like really try. Like uh, you're fighting up uh, this tree. Um, you're inside the tree, kind of uh, Wizards and Warriors stylish. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of creatures and enemies that will throw things right into your path as you're jumping up or getting into a new area. They are cleverly placed axe throwers that I hate in this. Um, this was a part where I figured out that your um, sword, you can actually slash a little faster than I thought you could because I was like, how am I not getting through here? I have a ton of life. Like these guys are just taking me down too much. But if you um, just really jam on their, your slash button and time it right, like you can get two hits in before they can hit you twice. So I was actually able to power my way through that. And your slash does have a little bit of arc behind you. So sometimes you will hit things that are behind you as well. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. pretty nice. And overhead. Yeah, kind of castlevania in that way. Indeed. There are a few areas where you have to kind of backtrack around, which I did because I wanted to get that uh, big apple. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, I could see, I was like, oh, that has to be an apple. You can yeah. see it in the little thing off to the side. We have like little side paths that are inside branches that have holes in the top and bottom. So you can fall down and kind of explore around there to find a few hidden items if you don't mind a little bit of backtracking. No, but uh, even though this level is hard, uh, it's not confusing. No, no. There's no branching paths. Mostly just going straight up. And if you can make it to the top, uh, you are treated with uh, another weird little area where you have to bounce on bubbles. Yeah, you get a little bubble section that's uh, weird and unexpected. But <laughs> Yeah, there are, what, two, three colors of bubbles? Yeah, I didn't. Is there a difference? Did you? Yeah, the purple the ones speed? last longer. Oh, okay. And if you jump on them, they last longer. Okay. Because I just kept, like, I would get on one big one, right? Uh -huh. And then you just keep jumping in place, yeah. and it'll it'll move up faster underneath you and regenerate. So, I mean, I, I flew through this. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a huge difference between the bubbles. You find one you like, take it to the top. <laughs> Everybody, there's a bubble for you. There is. And waiting for you at the top of this bubble zone. We have the Arctic Wyvern. Oh, yes, the Arctic Wyvern. Is really? it Wyvern or Wyvern? I always say wyvern, but that's just me, man. I feel like wyvern sounds better. I've, I've never checked. I've seen it in print so many times. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's one of those wonderful words that is only in the nerd books that we read. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a, a pretty cool-looking boss. It. Uh, yeah, the sprite is awesome. It's huge, f swoops down, and... Uh, now, Stardust, not the best on this because it moves around a lot. Yeah, you want to... If you hit him... If you wait for him to be on the right side of the screen... It, it, it's way better. I did use it here again, but this is an area that uh, I remember using. Magical Light works really well on him as well. Okay. Now, also, it's easy to hit him when he makes his first entrances on each side. He will dip down all the way towards the ground, and you can get like three or four hits off of him when he's entering each yeah, side. You, you just want to get on top of kind of the, the hillish parts of the floor exactly. and chop him up. It's You can do it without uh, Stardust or anything. No, and then just take the hits as he swoops through. You can get two or three on him. You, as long as you hit him at least twice for each time he hits you, you will win the battle at this point. You should have enough life. And if you use Magical Light, you can if you time it to where, like, when he's swooping down at you and you use it right as he's above you, you know, when it, you, you'll make this big beam that will hit him and then it moves away from you the beam moves at the same rate that he does so the beam will stay on him and you'll get multiple real strong hits like it's a i, I remembered i had flashbacks of doing that as a kid i just wish i would have remembered to equip that thing well i mean i didn't even get it till after uh this level so <laughs> well after this level once you have defeated this wyvern or wyvern or both of them then you will find 
a new area has opened on the map, a giant hole. Yeah, these uh, there's a, a kind of circular cluster archipelago of islands out in the sea that now a volcano hole thing rises up out of it. And that oh, is... I think this is a passage to Hades, Nick. Well, you mean Deathheim? That's right. You find yourself down in Deathheim. That's Which, that's where you are. Yeah. There's no uh, lands to conquer. There's no people to create villages. In fact, you just find yourself on a pedestal facing the statues of every major boss you have fought before. Yeah, you get to see faces of all six of the uh, Guardians, and they basically have a boss rush. That's right. It is boss rush time. And these bosses are now harder, they are faster, and they are in smaller areas. Are they? Re- I didn't really notice. I didn't notice the difference. But Oh, I so noticed the difference. The Minotaur kicked my ass. Real? Okay. Because I was trying to fight him the way I did the first time. So let's go through each of these bosses because they are not but in the order you fought them originally. Mm-hmm. The Minotaur. If you try my original tactics, your butt will be kicked. <laughs> you have to take your tactic and just, I literally didn't even move. I just stood there and attacked him as much as I could. Yeah, because he'll, he'll always jump right next to you, right? Like, no, he would jump on you. Or, yeah. But you can get three or four hits in. It's worth To one it, hit yeah. from him. So I literally at this point realized, okay, what is the math here? How many hits can I take off of each enemy still having lots of lives? Like, how many lives do I need to hold on to? Because once you defeat an enemy or a boss, then the next enemy or boss you fight when you die, you'll start at it. You don't have to refight all of them again. Mm-hmm. But you do have one set of MP. Yes, it for all of them. Yeah, for all your lives. Like, it won't come back. So you want to... I was very conservative with my magic getting to the final boss, which, you know, we'll get there, but it ain't well, so good. after the Minotaur, you fight the uh, Zeppelin Wolf, mm-hmm. and he is also a lot faster. In fact, uh, my original time I fought him, I was kind of just jumping up and down the things, every once in a while fighting him. This time with him, you have to stay in the center. Mm. If you don't stay in the center and then dodge, jump to attack him, he's going to tear you up and you'll never get a hit in on him. It's just too quick. Man, I I didn't notice any, like, I I, I didn't notice any greater difficulty with these guys. Well, once you get to Pharos, who's next, I didn't notice much difference because he's still a pushover. Right, right. After him is the wheel. Again, same thing. Same pushoverness, not a problem. Mm -hmm. I did have a little more trouble with um, the Hindu. Kalia. Kalia. Uh, Kalia does a little more damage and is so quick that you can't really run under them very well. I just stayed. I so was, you have to use the platform riding technique. That's what I did because I I was really trying to save my magic. So so you have to ride the platforms right next to him that he drops, and that's the only way to be quick enough. Mm-hmm. So the funny part is, is that you didn't notice him any of these bosses getting quicker or harder because you had already been using possibly the best tactic for the harder <laughs> version. Well, I didn't really fight them. <laughs> Now, that's true, too. After uh, him, you'll get to the Wyvern, and that's the same as before. Same techniques on him as well. Yeah, this was where I only had a couple MP left when I fought him, so I actually didn't use any magic. It was one of the first times I was like, I guess I'm going to really try and fight this guy with my sword. And I, d- I agreed. I just fought him entirely sword. I wanted to make sure I had some magic left, because once you've defeated him, there's only one head left. That's right. The center head. Tanzra the, the head of Tanzra. A.K.A. Satan. <laughs> now, say, I mean, Tanzra is just a head. 
Yeah, floating head. Um, and like, you know, your standard um, space. You know, this is where you would fight, you know, the Final Fantasy last boss or yeah, some Nightmare and, and yeah. Kirby. You know, it's it's that standard kind of trippy, swirly, night, dark uh, background. Maybe it's space. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, his head comes down and he's just really lame. Mm-hmm. What, like, what does it do? It just like kind of he floats there while there's like his version of Stardust kind of comes down. You know, oh yeah, it's real meteors. slow though, and you can jump over most of it. And then he'll do a little attack where he comes down. But when this battle starts, though, just the final part, the f- part against um, I want to say Zardon, but that's not that's it. <laughs> Tanzra, <laughs> Tanzra, you just have the magic sword, the flaming sword. Oh power. yeah, yeah, you get the your crescent force fields fire away. Yeah, and it's just automatically there. Once you start fighting him, uh, and because of that, you can destroy this head literally in like ten seconds. It's and it's really easy to if you stay on the far left, you can dodge the meteors coming down really, yeah. really easy. This is probably the laziest first form <laughs> in in a game I've played in a long time. Well, and it's so easy that it's transparently you're like this is not the final boss. Like, yeah, like once you've gotten three or four hits on it, you're like okay. This is not real. Yeah, it's it's all BS. Because it's not. We're not even going to trick you like we we we, we try to <laughs> very poorly in most episodes. You literally destroy this thing, and then the real form is revealed. Yeah, pretty pretty metal skull. Yeah. So uh, the brain part of this head stays around, and a new skull and skeleton kind of form around it. Yeah, you get some like demon wings and horns, and it's pretty cool looking. It is, uh, but it's still not that hard. No, it's... Because you have that that crescent beam. Yeah, and you, I mean, it only has like three patterns where it shoots these kind of, the fireballs that go around you and so come together. what you want to do is start on the left hand of the screen and just kind of slowly move your way to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you do that, you can hit uh, the red and blue things it shoots out at you. Yeah, it'll shoot and, those homing balls that mm-hmm. follow you around. And then those orbs you spoke of, they kind of cross over each other. But if you move to the right as they're coming at you you'll you'll avoid the yeah. first two almost always sometimes the third one yeah you pass them and then um you usually shoot this one little blue fireball while it reveals you know the heart or whatever and you can usually get a good three or four chops in and then repeat. and then i feel like it was like four rotations of its uh attacks and i had it done yeah yeah i mean because i know i i brought stardust and it doesn't do jack it doesn't hit him enough to be worth it so all that saving the magic wasn't worth anything or it wasn't even necessary so no pretty pretty easy man agreed um you take this guy apart one two three i mean after the boss rush and kind of sweating through a couple of those this guy seemed like nothing yeah you know i would have been disappointed but then you're treated to a really really nice ending to this game it's one of the better endings that i can think of yeah it is a great ending you have a wonderful picture of your knight your statue form standing mm-hmm. there on a little pillar in front of an ocean beautiful sun behind you it's, yes yeah it's a very fitting uh, reward and then your cherub friend takes you on a tour of every city that you have built yeah it's it was the first ending i'd saw with the kind of like well we'll go back to every place and you know um you know touch back on on the people's lives who you helped yeah, because not only is it a tour through the levels, which you've seen before, showing off the enemies or maybe the backgrounds, mm-hmm. 
you actually get one final chapter in each story that you saw progress. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they're sad. Usually they're weird and sad. Yeah, yeah. But they're all awesome in their own way. Like, I kept being, like, blown away by the weirdness and just everything that happened in all of them. Yeah, and, I mean, it's pretty well translated. Like, everything seems nice. You know, it's meaningful. Like, uh... It's funny because I also found a spelling error in the end portion of the game. So not only are you given, you know, a wrap up on each of these cities, you are given a little moral play. The lesson or what you would call it of the game is revealed to you by your angel friend. Right, right. But part of the gravitas of it was taken away from me. As he said, these people, they will regret that they will on longer need your help. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh, no longer, not on longer. Uh, that wouldn't have made it through spell correct, so. Yeah, well, it didn't, and uh, it made it into the game. But that doesn't take away from how awesome the, the full ending of this game is. Yeah, and I mean, mainly, with for me, the localization stuff is like I've found in a lot of uh, games that tend to get a little more, um, you know, wordier or, um, you know, dealing with some... Uh, you know, emotional cues kind of stuff. Like it doesn't like they didn't say weird things that were inappropriate or, you know, that didn't make sense to a non-Japanese person. So, yeah. And then after you get your final chunk of story, the final moral of the story, you're given a full set of staff credits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then a hard, the end forced reset. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's That's how it closes out. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I personally was really satisfied with that ending. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it does get a little weird when it's like at the end, there's no one in the temples anymore because you solved all their problems. And it's, it even asked, you know, the angel guy asks you if we, are we even necessary anymore and stuff. Yes, so. it heavy handedly uh, really makes you ask those those hard questions about where does religion fit in your life? Does it have a bow and arrow? <laughs> it Should really... we be destroying monster spawning stations well you know i mean whenever an earthquake strikes i think about what civilization level they're at and they're probably just going to upgrade for the better so that's what the master would want us to do i think so i clearly well nick i can feel the invisible strings of fate pulling us to the review portion of this game we are but puppets and the puppets we are we use the nintendo power the classic nintendo power review system that's four categories with a possible score of zero through five in each one starting with graphics and sound well um on my sheet here for graphics and sound i wrote down 4.5 although i really feel like it should be a five i originally subtracted that half a point because of the typing sound when your letters come out is annoying as hell Oh, so loud. You should right away. I really hope you haven't played this game yet. And you can take my advice from right now. You can turn the message speed all the way to instant. Yeah. Wait, instant? I thought you could turn it. I mean, I I thought I turned it all the way up, but. No, you can turn it so it's instant. And it it doesn't make the sound? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll stick with five then. So. Because I also gave it a five. I mean. The sprites in this game are awesome. When they're overhead, the little creatures, they're cute, they're fun. They're Mm -hmm. just really great designs. Yeah, yeah. They look look very good. There's a lot of detail in a lot of the backgrounds. It's all appropriate. Looks great. The monsters that you fight in the side-scrolling levels, they're all really cool or weird-looking in a cool way. Mm -hmm. 
And the bosses, besides that wheel, are also usually pretty awesome looking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the the music, we, we touched a little bit on it. It's all really good. You get a lot of different mixes of like adventure themes, um, churchy organ music, and uh, the the sim levels all have a similar theme. The music is really peaceful, and I just love it. Like, uh, it's really relaxing. It's great to have on in the background. But yeah, this game, you know, it wasn't just a gimmick that it had some of the first what felt like fully orchestrated soundtrack. Um, you know, when capturing the music and sound for this game, I found a debug Game Genie code that mm-hmm. lets you do a music test. And there are 22 different tracks. Man. And they're all very unique and different. So, I mean, they're all great. This was clearly like an early, like, show off the Super Nintendo game for me, you know, where I was like, man, this, this music, like, I can't believe this is a video game. Yeah, it definitely deserves that 5.0. Well, from 5.0 to a little bit lower in the play control category, yeah. I gave it a 2.5. I did as well. Uh, you know, the jump in this game is just too goofy. It's, it is a little weird, and uh, I felt like the platforming is, is a little stiff. Like Yeah, it feels very stiff. Your swing just doesn't have enough fluidness to it. It's a little slower than you want it to be. There's a weird rhythm to it, and your jump is, it feels it feels off a little, but, the, you know, the game doesn't put you in a lot of jumping, you know, positions too often. Not too often. There are those places, and those places do suck, mm-hmm. but it's not horrible. No, so I don't put it any further down than that. Um, the other thing that I would say is a little bit off is in the overhead levels, sometimes lining up your arrows to shoot the monsters can be a pain in the butt. Certain ones, yes, I know what you mean. They have weird patterns, and you're stuck on this pseudo grid, and it's just really, really hard to sometimes nail that last one. At least that's what I thought until I realized I'm not fighting any of these monsters <laughs> until I've got their spawning points destroyed. Nick, what did you rate the challenge of this game? I gave the challenge a two. That low? Yeah, well, I mean, the sim levels, there's nothing to them. Like, you know, it's you can't really screw them up too much. Well, uh, you could not um, upgrade enough, and you could have a low population in them. Yeah, but you're never, like, unable to go back and fix it, you know? and True, and there's not a lot of failing there. And while some of the platforming, you know, there are some uh, pit deaths and stuff, um, you can always just start back at the beginning of the act you died on right True. away. Like, there's no penalties for continuing or anything, so... Well, I gave it a 3.0, because I do feel that the first couple of side-scrolling levels are a bit hard. Uh, when you don't have your health up and, you know... If you're not paying enough attention, you you can get beat down by some of those bosses. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much why. I I, mean, after, you know, you get to the final third of the game, especially if you played it my way, I I could see dropping that down to a two. But I'm going to stick with my three. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, now we have the theme and fun of this game, Nick. Well, I give it a five. Okay, well, I, I... I took your opposite, you know, we split the difference on the challenge, and we'll do it on this one. I'm going to take a four here. Okay. Um, Because I will probably agree with you 100% that the theme of this game is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every level is unique, and it really conveys the land you're in. You know, you're in the volcanoes, you're in the caves, you're in a pyramid, and it's totally a pyramid. Sure, sure. So theme-wise, yeah, I'm 100% on board. I thought, like, for me... Not only is it well-themed, but, you know, the two, you get the action levels and the sim levels that were both, like, where you're, like, 
similar to a, a civilization or a sim city where you know i like being in the ruler seat but i also like the action so i was like i got both like you know for me it really really hit home you know i would agree with you almost entirely except for the side scrolling levels just aren't as fun as i would like them to be yeah they're, i mean they're okay but they're there they're not great for me to service the overhead parts right right i mean i do enjoy them and it's not like the controls are bad it's not like it's not fun there's just always a little something missing when I'm in those side-scrolling areas. I mean, I feel like their uh, their level design was worked within the constraints of your play control pretty well. True. They, they don't weren't... really ask you to do a lot that you can't do. It's not unfair. But the problem is, is since you have that limited control, it makes those levels kind of boring in that aspect. Yeah, I can see that, but I'm sticking with five, man. Hey, I'm still giving a four, and that's a pretty solid score. Sure. I guess that takes us to our final question. Nick, should you play this game? I think you should. You know what? I agree entirely. Go for it. I mean, it's palatable. It's easy enough to where even if you're not real into it, you can get through it in, you know, what, 10 hours at the most? Like, Yeah, I mean, at the most. But if you really, really want to give this game a go, be prepared to restart that first level. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's only an hour maybe you know that you lost and you will have learned enough to move on and really conquer this game in its full glory yeah and like for going back now like i was able to you know getting into the the population thing where i was like i'm really going to try to max out my stuff by the end and uh so that adds another kind of replay level to it to where you can go back and be like i want to get them all because you do get a neat little message if you get to level 17 and it's like you finally return to your full power Oh, really? Like at the beginning. Yeah, I, I thought it was a neat I little... didn't get to level 17, so I didn't get that message. But, you know, you're right. This game is two games in one, and they're both really good games. But beyond that, they're really good games that rely on each other. The things you do in one are directly affecting the other game. Yeah, they wouldn't be... If you, if you had a game that was just the action scenes and just the sim scenes, you know, either or, it wouldn't be nearly as fun as both. No, the way they combine them, that's what makes this game. That and its quirky little story and its great graphics. So, you know, hopefully if you haven't played this game, you'll be enjoying it soon. Next week's game will be DuckTales for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or things we got wrong or games you want us to play, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we might address it in the future. In fact, hit us up with uh, stories of you playing this game as a child or anything, really. We really would like to make a mini cast with some of your guys' response. We've gotten some really great mail, and we just need a little bit more to fill it out. Keep it coming, guys. Yeah, we're really amazed at the fans we have all over this world. It's, it's well, there's no other word, but amazing. So, uh, you know, continue to follow us on Twitter at Cart Command. Check us out on Facebook. Like that page at Cartridge Command. You can download our podcast on any podcast app. Our RSS feed works on any of them. And, you know, in this holiday time, feel free to give to us on Patreon. It is your support that makes this show possible, and we really appreciate it. But most importantly, Cartridge Commandos, we must always remember to Game On!
and the best miracle, Smokey Robinson. <laughs> uh? Uh, I don't know if I'll make it to the end or not, Nick. We'll see. Okay. So those little people 